0: A Rock Holler Running Rampant Kills a Childhood Sweetheart. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Behind the Guy. The law can be a difficult trail to navigate. There are cases that change precedents and there are
1: cases that change America. Some you know. And some you don't. Join Brian Cruz and Becky Granado of Cruz and Pascara as they dive into the most notorious
2: cases in America and the ones you may not have heard of. This is Behind the Gavel.
0: Welcome back to Behind the Gavel. I'm Brian Cruz, along with Becky Granado of Cruz and Pascara, and we're here to discuss our. One of our more recent cases, this is the case where the sweetheart of this man's life was driving down the road, and he was following her when a rock hauler was speeding down the roadway, ran a stoplight, and hit her broadside. She died right in front of him, and her eyes shut, actually, when he went over to her car, picked her out, and laid her down on the roadway.
1: This was a devastating case, um, long-term marriage, a very happy marriage. Um, This gentleman had met his wife when he was 12 years old. He was on the playground, and he looked at his friend and said, I'm going to marry your sister one day, and he did. They had been married for 33 years, children grandchildren when this happened um it's another one of those cases that has multiple legal issues not only was there an accident but he's in the car following her so he witnessed it so he even though he was not in the accident he gets a claim for the emotional distress of not only losing his wife, but of watching it happen
0: yes that's called in being in the zone in legal parlance uh If you see another person, a loved one, uh, get tragically killed and you're close to them and and, uh, you observe it, uh, you have a claim for emotional distress. So that's your claim. And then at the same time, he would have the wrongful death case of uh, and for his wife's death. Uh, This ended up being a really interesting case because, Uh, Like we were talking about, we were able to get logs and other things, and we could show that this driver had been driving uh, too long for the day. He'd been driving over ten hours uh, without taking a break, and of course, it's he he ran through a a stoplight, and there was a witness, so that was easy. uh, Part of it. Uh, The real tragedy was, and I remember in the deposition. when the husband was talking about his wife and being there and seeing it. And actually uh, there were pretty hardened lawyers around the table that day. And each one of them kind of had to look down and, and, you know, touch their eyes because they were tearing up listening to his story of love and, and loss. I mean, it was uh, definitely a story of love and loss.
1: Well, you, you have a long-term marriage like that. You have a very happy couple. You have a happy life. And in one reckless moment, someone you don't even know runs a red light driving a huge vehicle. Not, not a car, not that a car couldn't do it, but a huge vehicle full of rock and takes and changes your life forever. Basically, in, just in a flash, one man's carelessness takes the person away and destroys your life.
0: The other thing kind of interesting about this case is it wasn't in the Orlando area. It was outside of uh, Orlando in a small county in, in uh, North Florida. So, you know, we practice all over the state of Florida. Well, I've, I've had cases in, I think, 35 or 40 of the counties in, in Florida, uh, in addition to that in 10 separate states. But, um, you know, certain cases always come to mind, and this is one that did because— I I felt such loss for the husband because that was his whole world. That was his childhood sweetheart, you know. And uh, I I gotta say that it it made my eyes water up during the deposition of the of the surviving husband. So
2: so can we can we expand a little bit more sure. when you were talking about how he saw the accident or the crash and he was entitled to some st- money. B- besides the him being married to her as a witness, can you expand on that a little bit more? Because that that kind of made me raise an eyebrow. Like, who? Hold up, what?
0: It's a uh, it's a theory of law, um, and the Florida Supreme Court ruled that if you're in the zone uh, of impact, basically, is the legal ease, and you observe a tragic occurrence happen, and you have, you know physical changes, like it causes you to have a heart attack or you faint and fall down or something, you know, happens, some discernible thing to you, um, then you have the potential of a claim for um, loss of uh, emotional distress, loss of emotional distress or loss due to emotional distress so I tripped up over there, but that's a very uh, well known legal theory amongst you know personal injury trial lawyers. Not all lawyers know that, but
2: now, is that something that typically doesn't get brought up in, in, in trial or is it this is a special case because he was, was connected to her?
0: It was a special case. Uh, two reasons. One is because he was related to her or married to her. And secondly, because he was in that zone of impact where he saw the impact happen to her. And from that, he, he had uh, heart issues develop um, and some other issues. And so that's that's why it was a very unique case. So we were telling the insurance company for the rock hauler, hey, we got a double claim here. You know, we got a, we got a double damages. You know, they were poo-pooing it, but however, at, at the end of the day – they paid us more money than we expected to get. And so I think our, I think they were a little bit worried about this case going to trial and getting it in front of a jury. And so it basically settled right on in front of on the courthouse steps.
2: So when you have a situation like that, you guys are doing your depositions, you guys are talking with the the other side, and there is a point in time where you can decide whether or not to go to trial, right? Yeah. What, in this? let's be hypothetical here in this situation, what would have been the reason to go to trial? If they would have said no to your demand? Correct. Okay, but they said they didn't want to do that because they knew that you guys would have. So are all the rules out the window when you guys go to trial? Like you guys can ask for anything?
0: Sure. You can. I mean, as long as you don't offend the jury with, you know, something like, I want $100 million or something. Right.
1: Well, our lawsuits say um, the, you're bringing in action in excess of 15000 I think it just went up. But, that's that's now, a, but yeah. it's in excess of 30000 That's just a, you're not asking for $30,000. You're just saying this claim is worth more than that. You're going to ask the jury for the amount of money. Whereas in some states I've seen where they filed the complaint asking for the particular amount of money. So if we go to trial, the amount of money we ask for is not what we would have settled for at mediation because we have the expenses of a trial. We have gotcha. a long-term investment, not just from us, but our client has waited and you know and lost wages, lost medical, lost everything. So the number is going to go up. So there's always you know a reason for both sides to maybe settle this at mediation, but in trial. Basically, you filed the lawsuit in excess of $30,000. So we ask, what is a reasonable number? And we use those numbers. Again, I'm going to go back to the experts that I always talk about. Make sure your lawyer can afford to pay for experts because we have those people testify and that helps build the number that Brian's going to ask for because we don't just pull it out of air.
2: Gotcha. And so you said this on like a previous episode, you're talking about skid marks, you're talking about the... the tire y'all or something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> and so and so in the in this situation you said the guy ran the light he sure. probably didn't even stop or slow down no. or anything. was there did he even say why what happened he fell asleep he just wanted to blow the light like was there was there a reason was, was there even a defense on their side
0: not really because um he only did he blow the light he was
1: driving about 20 miles an hour over the speed
2: limit too. so he was literally hauling it yeah he was really hauling
1: You see that a lot on the roads around here. Those guys, in fact, I think they're worse drivers than semi drivers because the semi drivers tend to, you know, be more cautious. They're more cautious. They're on the road all the time. These rock haulers, man, you just see them four and five going to a site just running back and forth because we found out Mm -hmm. through all these years of doing this, they don't generally get paid by the hour, they get paid by the load. What? Yeah. So
0: they got an incentive to haul.
2: Wow.
1: So a lot of them are subcontractors driving their own trucks getting paid by the load. So the more loads they haul, the faster they get there, the more money they make.
2: Wow. So that means they, they could be driving more recklessly.
1: Correct. I'm not saying everybody yeah. does that. I never say everybody does that. But, you know, it's a little bit different than a semi.
2: Wow. I didn't know that. That's, that's something yep. that could definitely come into play, too, because the, that could change someone's whole like incentive to work
1: (laughs) correct i mean if you're getting paid by the hour you mosey around or whatever you know maybe you don't drive as fast you know but if you're getting paid by the load and all your bills depend on that then you'll be you know you'll be wanting to drive a little faster
2: yeah and these 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 big vehicles they can't stop
1: they cannot stop
2: especially if they're full of
1: and then when they hit you the property damage you know the the G-forces of the accident are just enormous, so the damage is enormous.
2: Wow. That's really tragic. It's that's really sad to, to 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 hear, but I'm glad that you guys got some resolution well, it, out of it.
1: We did get it resolved. I mean, this is obviously, you know, our clients sometimes, good clients always help a case get resolved, but can we fix this man's life? Never. I've never, you know, he's one of the clients that have always stayed with me because I remember how much he loved his wife and how devastated he was. And I, I, I don't know what he's doing now. Um, he left after this, and I don't blame him. But he was yeah. a good man, and she was a good woman, and it's it's just terrible.
2: Now, was this on I-4?
1: No. Oh, no. This was in a different county. But the, the point is that no matter what money that we get, it's never going to bring his wife back. No. And I'm sure – As Brian said in trial many times, if he had the option of having his wife or the stack of money, he'd take his wife.
2: That's true. Yeah.
1: But you know, we do what we can do, and the only the only avenue open to him is a monetary award. Yeah. When people say, "Why do you sue? Why do you go to court?" Well, there is no other. We can't kill them. We can't shoot them. It's not an eye for an eye. The only wait. Yeah. Wait. You (laughs) would think that. Can't put them in jail. Can't put them in jail. So the only opportunity a person has to get anything back is from money.
2: Yeah, exactly. Wow, so we, we do have a lot of um, new listeners from all over the globe, all over the United States. And if, if you're from out of state, uh, I'm sure you probably ha- have to ask this question because I'm sure you hear a lot of news about the crazy stuff happening in Florida. Mm-hmm. But Brian, what is the most dangerous road in Florida? I four. Pray for me, I
0: drive on I-4. <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, why? Why is that? A lot of people don't know what's going on with I-4. I four. We all know, but other people's other states, they don't know what's going on I four. So why is I four dangerous?
0: I four has been under construction for the last uh, Since
1: Disney World open okay. 80, eighty years, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forever.
0: <laughs> uh, but the latest uh, big I four ultimate uh, transformation—that's what they call it—the I four ultimate—is um, uh, to broaden I four. And, you know, with that comes all the construction work. And so there have just been numerous, numerous accidents that have happened uh, on I-4 because, you know, Orlando is a growth town, too. We, we have a tremendous amount of growth and new people moving in. And you put that along with the new construction and, you know, sometimes the lines on the road are blurred. Uh, sometimes there's potholes. Sometimes there's uh, big semi uh not semis, but dump trucks pulling out into the roadway right in front of it. You know, you're going 60 miles an hour, and the dump truck pulls right out in front of you. So uh, there's all kinds of ways. Any way you can imagine it happening on the roadway, it has on I-4. So,
1: Yeah,
2: changing uh, elevation, changing the, the, the size of the lanes, zigzagging.
1: Yeah, as we talked about earlier, those skid marks and yaw marks on the highway. There's always a lot of them up oh. here on I-4. I,
0: I'm, we made a joke. We had so many cases, like I'm gonna become the I-4 accident lawyer. You know,
2: yeah. I-4 lawyer.
1: Yeah. Well, so. in a in another note, I read somewhere that when Disney World open back in the day, they told the state of Florida that they would need at least six lanes going into Disney, but Florida was like, "No, you'll be all right." <laughs> Take four. They, they
0: didn't look at California, <laughs> for all our California listeners. They did. Florida didn't look to California with I ten going to Disney. Uh, they should have looked at I four here going to Disney from Orlando, and they didn't do it. They just nah. No. Yeah.
1: You look back through all the governors, all the legislation. And you think really, you couldn't have done this before. Three is good. is <laughs> good. Y'all, so, y'all, be fine. So
2: before before we do out of here, I do have a question about um, the stuff on I four. When you get a case, let's say a sinkhole or a pothole or let's say a piece of construction debris, uh, equipment gets into the road, who is actually liable for for those things?
0: That usually involves a lot of investigation because we have to see who put it there. But ultimately, if it's a a, a, piece of something that's been there for a while— it would be the responsibility of the construction company. I think it's called SGL or
2: yeah, yeah, it's, like. it's SGL. There
0: SGL. Know. It's a conglomerate of three big construction companies. It's such a you know huge project.
1: But you never know because we just had a case on some road construction in another county, and it turned out not to be necessarily them. It was the person who put the barricades up. Bob.
0: It wasn't Bob. It wasn't Bob, but it was his cousin. (laughs) It was his cousin. Billy.
1: (laughs) Billy. Billy barricades. barricades. (laughs) Oh, no. So they had put the barricade to, and it blocked a person in the car. It blocked their view. Yeah. So Brian had a recreation made of, and the woman was kind of small, but we used, her car was destroyed. But we used um, her, uh, a the size of her to measure her and put her in the car and prove that the way they set the barricades up she couldn't see
2: Wow I didn't even think you could even even do that mm-hmm. which which makes me ask this question so what if I'm driving on i4 Brian there's a guy with his truck he's got a nice Ford Raptor right he's got a a, a kayak hanging in the back of it kayak is loose it hits my car goes through hits I get injured because of that okay he stops. Is is he liable for that?
0: Absolutely. Sure. He sure didn't
1: have it secured to the vehicle.
0: We've had that case a, a number of times. Not, you know, exactly like that, but we've had uh similar like a truck that has a um a delivery heister on the back end of it or a um what do you call a lift um, a lift a lift and that falls off and bounces in the road and hits the car behind them. You know, we've had that kind of
2: case uh
1: well, also, I think what you're saying is if he hit in a an, in some construction and it caused him to
2: any of those situations. Okay, yeah. well,
1: then you could bring an action against both. If, yeah. if he's going to point, if the driver of the Raptor with the kayak is going to point his finger at construction, we would be able to sue both.
2: Mm. So, what if um, he doesn't stop?
1: You better hope you have a dash cam yeah so and, uninsured and uninsured motorists. uninsured motorists.
2: but i have his kayak
1: you <laughs> have his kayak and you have um because okay. you listen to us on the podcast
2: yeah is that the most important thing when you like you know we do this podcast about all, you know all these accidents or, or crimes or all this stuff what what's the number one information you want to tell somebody if they're just 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 as a gift
1: don't chance <laughs> on your insurance Okay. When you go to your agent and he says, "Well, I can save you money because you don't need this or you don't need that, you do. You need it. And when, they, when when they talk about uninsured motorists, they actually give you something to sign that you're rejecting you in. Mm. So a lot of times the agents who are not lawyers, they're not they're, they're selling insurance, okay? And they may try to protect you, but what's the bottom line? They want to make that sale. Make they sure want to be your up. agent. So if you're complaining because you spent $50 extra to get all this extra coverage, they'll say, well, you don't have to have it. It's not required by law. So they have you actually sign that you're rejecting UM.
2: Uh, And people think that full coverage means they get that too, which it doesn't, right? It does not. That's
0: right. It It does not.
1: Full coverage is PIP, MedPay, and property damage, and BI for the other people. It's not UM for you.
2: Wow, and why, why is that not a, a mandatory law if so many people don't have insurance?
1: Well, that's a long question, <laughs> and that brings in politics, which my mama said don't ever discuss.
2: Uh, Obama! <laughs>
1: no, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I'm joking. It was Florida politics. <laughs> it was
0: Florida, but Florida, but it's Florida it's legislature.
1: It's, no matter what you do, you're going to alienate 50% of the population, <laughs> so just don't go there. But what it in seriousness, it's through all these years of the insurance companies lobbying Tallahassee to, you know, we're going to leave the state. We're not going to provide insurance, blah, 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 blah. You know, we don't want to pay because that's what they don't want to pay.
2: Oh, gotcha. Yeah.
1: So again, I think having uninsured motorist is just crucial. And, you're not going to complain about that extra $20 or $30 a month when you get hit and you have to have surgery and you're out of work for a year.
2: Yeah, that's true. So you want to know what else is crucial? You guys give free advice. Yes, we do. How do do you get that free advice?
0: You just call us and we tell you you get a free consultation. We'll talk about your case. Uh, No recovery, no fee, no cost. And uh, we'll let you know what we can do or can't do for you. But mostly we can do.
2: How do
1: yes. we get a hold of you guys? 407 841 200 800 683 5291 And our website is Cruz and Pescara, C-R-E-W-S-A-N-D-P-E-S-Q-U-E-R-A.com. And you can find us like that everywhere. We have our Facebook. We have our Instagram. We got Twitter. We have our Behind the Gavel podcast. We have a Facebook for that. You can just message us anywhere
2: yeah well guys uh stick around because it's going to be a preview of the next episode of behind the gavel and we will see you next time bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. bye-bye
0: thank you for listening to behind the gavel join the discussion on social media at behind the gavel again that's behind the gavel all one word tune in after the break for a preview of the next episode of behind the gavel <laughs> Hi, this is Brian Cruz of Cruz and Pascaro. If you're in an automobile accident and you're injured, listen up. First, go to the hospital. Next, call your lawyer. Why? Because you need advice. Call Cruz and Pascaro, your I-4 lawyer. 407-841-0200. 407-841-0200. Cruz and Pascaro. You're a
2: high-four lawyer.